Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our meditation this morning is the gospel that we heard a few minutes ago. St. Luke records it in chapter 11 of his gospel where he says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. This is the word of our Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, our mediator, the one who makes sure our prayers are heard and answered by God, our Heavenly Father, your friends. I'd like you to take a moment right now just to to think of one thing, one thing that you feel pretty confident that you do a good job at, something you feel that you're pretty good at and, in fact, competent enough that you could teach others to do it. I'm guessing some of you came up with um, maybe what you do in your, your, your vocation, your, your occupation, the job you do or, or used to do before you retired. Maybe you feel confident about that and you could, you could train someone else or maybe you even did train others to do that. Or maybe you think of a, of a hobby that you like. Maybe you know, you're good at woodworking or, or some kind of crafting and, and you feel like, yeah, I could teach somebody how to do that. Or, or, or maybe um, sports. You feel like you could coach basketball or teach somebody how to, how to ski. I'm guessing, though, I'm pretty confident that none of you thought of prayer. I don't think most of us think of ourselves as being all that good at praying. Maybe one of the reasons we don't think of ourselves as very good at praying is because we just feel like we don't have the right words. We just can't come up with those nice-sounding words when we pray. Or maybe you're just aware of the fact that we don't do it nearly enough. I'm, I know I should, but I so often forget and my prayers end up being few and far between. Or maybe we're not confident about our ability to pray because we're not confident that our prayers really do all that much. It doesn't seem like they do anything sometimes. If that's how you feel, like, like you're not all that good at praying, um, you're in good company. Jesus' disciples also felt they needed to be taught about prayer. And so they went to somebody who they knew was an expert, somebody who was really good at praying, Jesus. They had just seen him praying and heard his words undoubtedly. They had also seen him do that so many times, countless times in the years they spent with him. They watched him walk to the top of a mountain and spend entire nights doing nothing but praying. They would shortly see him in a place called Gethsemane, pouring his heart out to his heavenly Father in prayer, praying so earnestly the night before he was crucified that that his sweat became like drops of blood pouring off his face. Yeah, Jesus was definitely an expert at prayer, somebody who certainly could teach others how to do it. So maybe you don't feel like you're an expert at praying. But guess what? You can be. Any Christian can be. 
This morning, let's listen to what Jesus said to his disciples about 2,000 years ago, but what he's also saying to you and me, his disciples today, about praying as we, like his first disciples, say, Lord, teach us to pray. When Jesus taught his disciples about praying, he, he, he did something that he often did when he was teaching people important truths about our God and our relationship with them. He, he used a parable, you know, a story about everyday human experience, but one that illustrated a much deeper spiritual truth about God and us and our relationship to him. In this story, a very brief, simple parable, he, he tells about somebody who came to a friend with a request to borrow something. It's not unusual. His request was, was pretty mundane. He went to his friend to borrow a, a loaf of bread. We do similar things, don't we? Whether it's a loaf of bread, a cup of sugar, or a, a, a five-eighths inch socket, uh, we easily and quickly and readily and often go to friends or neighbors to borrow things. Not unusual at all. What was unusual about this circumstance wasn't what he was asking for. It was when he was asking for that loaf of bread. It was midnight. He went and banged on that guy's door asking for a loaf of bread at midnight. Can you imagine? I mean, how bold. How brazen. How rude, right? Would you do something like that? I, I think the only thing that would lead me to, to bang on a friend or a neighbor's door in the middle of the night would be a dire emergency. Their house is on fire, or I got a medical emergency in my house that I need their help. Life and death situations, sure, I would bang on somebody's door at midnight. A loaf of bread? Probably not. But remember, Jesus isn't teaching us how not to pray. He's teaching us how to pray. Jesus' point in this parable wasn't to say, so don't ever do that to God because he's going to be really upset with you. His point was, do that. Be that bold. Be that brazen in taking your requests to God. And notice what was this man's request? It wasn't a life or death situation. It was a, a loaf of bread. Jesus is saying, be bold in going to God, our Heavenly Father, not just with the big life and death issues, but certainly take those to Him, but also the, the, the little things, the everyday things, the mundane things, the things that we think maybe aren't all that important. You see, there's, there's no problem too big for God to handle, but there's certainly nothing too small or trivial for him to bother with. So let me ask you, how do your prayers stack up against what Jesus is teaching us here in that parable? When we pray to God, do we timidly tap on the door of our Heavenly Father? Or do we boldly bang on the gates of heaven? Do we come to Him with all of our needs, not just the big ones, but the little ones? Do we do it brazenly? Do we do it boldly? And do we do it frequently? Jesus says to us today, as He teaches us to pray, be bold. 
expect, even demand, that God, your Heavenly Father, listen and answer your prayer. But what right do we have in demanding anything from God? Why should He listen to us? In ancient times, peasants certainly did not and had no right to go to the king and request anything from him. They're just peasants. Well, think about God. He's a king, but not just a king. He is king of kings. He's powerful, but not just powerful. He is all-powerful. He is holy, and we are not. Jesus said it in our gospel this morning. He says, you are evil. (laughs) He didn't just say, yeah, you're a little rough around the edges. He said, you are evil. (laughs) And we are because we fall so far short of what God, our holy, righteous, heavenly Father, demands and expects of us. So why would we ever be able to demand and expect anything from Him? And the answer comes in that little prayer that Jesus taught, the one we call the Lord's Prayer, in the opening words, Father, our Father. Jesus teaches us that that God, the holy, almighty creator of the universe and king of kings, is also our Father. How can that be? Well, in the second lesson, we're... St. Paul was also teaching about prayer and urging us to pray for all. He says that Jesus is the ransom. He gave his life and his blood as the ransom price to buy us back. We were not by birth and by nature God's dearly loved children. We have no right to call him Father, but because of Jesus, his Son, his holy, perfect, eternal Son, who gave his life for us, we are now his children. In baptism, he clothes us with Christ's robe of righteousness. When God, our Heavenly Father, when he looks at you, you know what he sees? He does not see some sinner who doesn't deserve the time of day, a sinner like the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah who deserve his anger and punishment. He sees his son, his perfect son, Jesus, because you're covered with him. Martin Luther in his explanation to the to the the Lord's Prayer in the first part, the what we call the address of the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father part said this that in these words God is teaching us that He is our true Father and we are His true children, so that we may with all boldness and confidence ask Him as dear children ask their dear Father. Think about how kids come up to their parents and ask for something, especially little kids. You know, kids hungry, are they just going to kind of timidly go up and, Father, is it okay if I maybe could have a little snack? I hope your kids don't do that. If they do, something's wrong. (laughs) Something's wrong with them or with your relationship with them. What do kids do? I'm hungry. Right? They demand it. And maybe we do have to tell them to soften a little bit. How do you ask? Right? Please. But... Nevertheless, they have that kind of confidence, that boldness in asking for things. And Jesus says we can have the same. We should have the same because he is our Father. 
He is our Father in heaven. Pray as Jesus teaches us to pray. Pray boldly. But that's not the only thing that Jesus is teaching us this morning about prayer. He teaches us to pray not just boldly, but trustingly. And to teach us about praying trustingly, once again, he, he uses an example, not so much a parable, but just an example from everyday life of, again, children with a father asking for something to eat. He, 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 said, he said this, Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Children are bold and confident when they ask things from their parents, like for a meal, because they know their parents care about them and know what to give them. How much more, Jesus says, how much more our Father in heaven. We who are parents or grandparents, we, we usually know what to give our children, right? We, if they're hungry and it's almost supper time, we don't give them an ice cream cone. We either say wait till supper or give them a carrot stick, right? Um, sometimes, though, we don't really know what's best. Sometimes we struggle with that as parents. Maybe a parent who has a child who comes to them hurting because they're struggling in school or kids are picking on them. And, and maybe the first inclination of a parent is to directly intervene and I'll take care of that situation. I'll, I'll help you. I'll, I'll do it for you. But maybe that's not the best. Maybe the best thing is to equip them to handle it themselves. So sometimes we're not all that good at knowing what's best for our kids. Sometimes we know what's best, but we're really not able to deliver on it. We can't afford it. Or they're hurting, and, and yeah, we took them to the doctor and we're giving them the medicine, but we can't take their hurt away. Jesus says, how much more your Father in heaven? Look at the advantage he has. He sees everything. He sees the big picture. He sees the eternal picture. He's perfect in his power to answer and in his knowledge of how to answer our prayers. There's a reason why Jesus used the analogy of children asking a parent for something when he talks about our prayers. Kids think they know what's best. Parents often know better, right? We often maybe think we know what's best. We know exactly what we or somebody we love needs. And God sometimes says, I know better. So don't make the mistake of thinking that just because God does indeed hear and answer all our prayers means that he will always answer our prayers exactly when and how we think he should. That would be ridiculous, and that would be unloving of God. So think of how God does indeed answer our prayers, all of them. He often answers them with a yes. And you and I can think of so many examples in our lives where he did that, where he, he answers our prayers and he does it right then and there. Your car's sliding out of control and a quick breathe, God, help me! And you regain control and you go on your way, right? That happens all the time. Or think of the other times that God answers our prayers with a yes, but wait a little bit. That's a hard one, isn't it? But as we look back, as we look back at the things we've asked God for and recognize, yeah, you know what? 
if he had given me what I had asked for at that moment, it, it wouldn't have been the blessing that it turned out to be when I waited for it. But there's that third kind of answer that God gives us to prayers, and this is the hardest one. No. No is an answer, isn't it? It just might not be the answer we want to hear. But here's, here's the best part of God's no answers to our prayers. His no's are always followed by a but. No, I'm not going to give you what you asked for, but I'm going to give you something that's even better. Whether we're praying on behalf of ourselves or somebody we love, even if that prayer might be something along the lines of, God, spare the life of my loved one. And God says, no. But his but is so much better. But I'm going to take your loved one to be with me where they're free from all problems and pain forever and you'll see them again. Are you an expert in prayer? Would you consider yourself to be an expert in prayer? You should. We all are. Through faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord who teaches us to pray boldly and trustingly promises your prayers and my prayers offered through faith in him are always heard and always answered. You're an expert. Now go put that expertise to work. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please.